Here we go. You're tuning in to Will Love Listen. Now listen. This week on Will Love Listen, I am joined by world-renowned clairvoyant medium, Tyler Henry, the star of E's Hollywood Medium. We discuss Tyler's unique ability to communicate with the afterlife, his numerous close calls with death, upcoming book Here and Hereafter, what to expect on his current tour spanning through 2022, and much more. Tyler? Hi. Hi, Tyler. Good morning. How are you? Good, how are you? Long time no talk. <laughs> I know, right? It's been, uh, it's actually been exactly three years since we uh, last spoke, um, and I, I did know. the cover story on you. Oh, I love it. I remember you came to an event. Was that with your mom? Yeah, I came with, that's so funny. I'm glad you remember. I came with my mother. She's also a huge fan of yours. Oh, and hello for me. <laughs> I totally will. I'm so glad you remember that. That's so, that's of so funny. Course, of course. <laughs> So the past few years have like flown by and we have a lot to discuss, um, Absolutely. especially given the pandemic. I had posted on social media that I was going to be interviewing you. And the two questions I got most were, what can we expect in 2022? And <laughs> when is this pandemic going to be over? <laughs> you know, you and I both. My goodness, it's been such a, a ride. And I think we've all gotten familiar with the, the four walls of our house. So I, I do think we're headed towards a more hopeful direction and I'm really glad that the vaccines rolled out and I think we're, we're headed to better days for sure. Perfect. Um, I want to start off by talking about the tour. So yeah. it's been a while since you hit the road. Now you're finally back on the road. I see that you're touring all throughout the country and of course you're coming to Atlantic City for two shows. So what could people expect from an evening of hope and healing? Yeah, well, the show is really a two-part show. Uh, the first part, I tell a little bit about my story, what's gotten me here, and then I share what I've came to understand from the thousands of readings that I've done, and that really helps kind of lend context to the readings that we end up sharing you know, in the evening. So the second part of the show is basically me focusing on the audience, and I do as many readings as I can in the time that I have. And it's never know how many people are going to attend and while not everybody will receive a reading there's great value and i think seeing uh, the readings that do happen because so many people are there really for the same reasons and have the same questions and so i think there's something for everybody within the readings that do happen i totally agree i remember when i saw you i was very impressed that you try to read as many people as possible having gone to other medium shows i feel as though they choose only a few people and kind of isolate the time on them so sure is Thank it this, you. <laughs> oh you're well, absolutely welcome is it the same structure as last time where you're going to be, you know, trying to speak to as many people as possible? Totally. So, yeah, you know, I think it is important to lend some context to the experience and to kind of explain to people how my process works and kind of how I've learned uh, not only to do what I do, but what the other side kind of really wants us to know. And I think that that really helps, you know, uh, versus just getting on stage and doing readings. Um, so I really do as many as I can. It does vary depending on the show. Um, some readings are stronger than others. Some nights I feel a little bit more stronger than others, but uh, the goal is really just always the same, which is just to leave people better than I find them and to do as much as I can in the time that we have. Now, in addition to the tour, you also have your second book coming out in February, Here and Hereafter. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so your first book was a huge success. And, you know, congratulations on the second book, because I was waiting for a second book. So, <laughs> so what could people expect from this book? Sure. Well, you know, during the pandemic, I had a lot of time to sit and reflect. And 
actually had quite a health scare towards the beginning of the pandemic. In fact, about a month before, uh, my lung collapsed. Oh, and wow. I almost died, and I was in uh, the emergency room and had emergency surgery and was in the hospital for about three weeks. So I really had a lot of time to reflect, and this book is really just kind of the culmination of what I've learned in, since. You know, I think my first book, there was a bit of a pressure to write it, um, just because the show came out, I knew that a lot of people would have questions about this 19-year-old that suddenly was reading celebrities. Um, and the second book really has just allowed me to really um, reflect in a way that I wasn't able to in the first. You know, for one, I'm a little bit older. I'm 25 now. I've done a lot more readings. I've had a lot more experiences. And my goal is always just to update and to let people know, you know, where I'm at and what I've learned and, and what's changed, you know, in, in my beliefs and views on things. And I think there's great value in that. I think when you're presented with new information, you know, it, it, it's very helpful to share that with others. So uh, it's really a culmination of that. And then, you know, the basis of it was really just what the other side can teach us about living our best lives. Uh, these are individuals who have lived and died. And if they would do it over again, you know, that's kind of the premise. What would they do differently? Wow, this is going to be a good book. I wasn't aware that you were that sick. Did you do you struggle prior to this? Did you struggle from any lung issues like asthma or anything, or was it, did it just catch you off guard? You know, we really suspected I had COVID way in the beginning, in, in late uh, 2019, um, and that you know we all got sick. We were really, really ill in a way that I've never been sick before. And then uh, shortly after that, my my lung collapsed. And when they opened me up, they found that my lungs were like Swiss cheese, and I had just a number of air leaks, and it was very difficult to even reinflate my lung. Uh, and we really just attribute that to probably getting sick. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're you know you're doing much better now. That yeah, has me to too. <laughs> that has to be a scary experience. Oh yeah, you know, but not my first time. Um, in my first book, I talked about having brain surgery at the age of 18. So I've had a, a number of health scares, but if anything, it's given me a greater appreciation for being alive and for every day, and it's it's made me a lot more present of a person. Now, how did you cope during the pandemic? I mean, it seems like you're probably working on the book, but um, yeah. what was that experience like for you? Sure. Well, you know, it certainly wasn't easy, and I kind of went on the roller coaster with everybody else. I think, you know, being a medium, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of expectations to have all the answers, uh, to see every world event, to see things that are uh, yet to happen. And, and in that case, you know, while I did tell my friends and family for years that a pandemic was one of my biggest fears in my lifetime, um, you know, I was none the wiser when it actually happened. So. Uh, you know, it definitely was humbling, and I was really lucky to have a great support system. Uh, I've been with my boyfriend now for about five years, and to be able to be with him, there's there's no one else I would have rather gotten locked down with. <laughs> he really uh, has always been such a source of support. So if anything, I think uh, it strengthened our relationship, and uh, I'm just very thankful. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. He's a good egg. <laughs> <laughs> How did you two meet? Oh, so funny enough, he slid into those DMs. Uh, oh, really? So it was, uh, you know, quite an interesting thing, though, because his grandfather had passed away shortly before he'd gotten in touch, and I had seen his message, and I just felt this kind of overwhelming urge to message him back and give a message uh, as it pertained to his grandfather. And this was a message that really nobody could have known uh, regarding why he passed away and when i shared that with him uh, his family validated that message as being true uh, while they were very deep in their grief and so from the get-go we just had a very special bond because 
he was grieving his grandfather's passing and I was able to kind of lend validation uh, to what they were going through and we, we became really inseparable. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, moved in very quickly and, you know, you know how gay people are. We, we move fast, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, I was really thankful. Do you still get DMs from, do you still go through DMs when people ask about like deceased loved ones and so, and readings and so forth? Like, do you respond to them or are you just inundated at this point? You know, I just get so inundated. We had 300,000 requests after the show came out uh, for private one-on-one readings. And so that was really overwhelming. And uh, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the time to try to respond to somebody, but it, it's so difficult to keep up with all of those messages and requests. And so it's in part why I really enjoy doing these live shows because most people who are attending these live shows uh, have wanted a reading. And so it allows us to kind of go on that experience together and, um, you know, basically do a lot while still, you know, doing the readings that I'm able to do. When I posted that I was going to be interviewing you, I kind of got this question a lot, wondering if you still do like one-on-one readings and how much you charge. Do you? I do. Yeah, absolutely. So one-on-one readings are one of my favorite things to do just because there's a degree of intimacy to them. They usually last an hour to an hour and 45. Um, but my goal in doing those is really just to try to do as many charity readings as I can. So I do giveaways on social media occasionally, but very often the time that I'll allocate for one-on-one readings are done for free for people who might not be in a financial position to pay for a reading or people that, you know, might have gone through extraordinary loss that, I, I really sympathize with so in that way it's very beneficial and then I have other ways that I'm able to maintain a lifestyle and pay my bills you know through uh, my, my work and through books and um, it's actually a very healthy balance I find and you know I certainly act as a consultant for the super wealthy and billionaires and you know various corporations <laughs> Um, that's more where my money is made for people who have no problem with that. Uh, and it, it's easy for them, um, you know, to pay for a reading. But for the everyday person, the vast majority are, are done for free. And I think uh, a lot of people don't know that. So I, I, I love doing it that way. That's good to know. And it's very admirable. Oh, thank you. I, I got to have a balance, you know, and it, to me, it's never been about money. And I'm very thankful to be able to, you know, pay my bills and live my life. But uh, I do that more in the kind of consulting realm for, for businesses and, um, you know, people who are <laughs> in, in positions of, of wealth. <laughs> who has been the most interesting person that you've ever read? Most interesting is always kind of a hard uh, answer to give. I, I will say for me personally, reading Paul was one of the most impactful readings for me. Uh, RuPaul was somebody I looked up to as a kid when I really didn't have anyone else to look up to. Uh, I kind of saw myself in him for obvious reasons. And so to be able to meet him and to connect him with his dad and to really bring forward an apology that he never got from his father when he was still alive, it, it was really cathartic and emotional. And I think in some way I was able to give back to somebody who gave me so much, you know, in, in my youth. And that for me is what really made it memorable. <laughs> that is amazing. Do you have a lot of uh, gay or LGBT clientele? For sure, yeah. You know, I, I definitely have uh, all across the board. And that's one of the great things, too, is I have people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different orientations, different beliefs. And it's beautiful because it really reflects to me this kind of humanity that we all share. And we all have the same questions and the same needs. And it's nice to be able to touch on all those different demographics. Now, shifting gears a little bit, could you, is it possible for you to tell us anything that we could expect in 2022 or 
anything that you've been picking up just in a general sense? Sure. Well, I always tell people that I'm generally not the type of medium or I suppose people think of that as more associated with psychics um, that predicts like large scale world events like tsunamis, hurricanes, you know, that kind of thing, presidential elections. Yeah. <laughs> In my case, I'm, I'm kind of more of an individual uh, medium. So, for example, I basically usually bring forward information for um, a single person versus like all of humanity as a whole. Um, you have examples of psychics like Nostradamus, who historically had visions of, you know, uh, catastrophe, calamity, various things. And I've just, for some reason, never really picked up on, on world events um, in, in the way that I think uh, people would think or assume. So I kind of have to recognize what I know, but also equally recognize what I don't know. And I think that's, that's an important distinction to make. No, I, I completely hear you out. I mean, it's it's actually better that way because you have so many people today who get notoriety by talking about, you know, pop culture and things of that nature. So it's more interesting to be able to read someone intimately on a one-to-one basis. Totally, yeah. And, you know, if I did see a big world event, I absolutely would share that with people as I think it would be beneficial. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I typically keep any of those feelings more, more, more private just when they affect large groups of people. And I just very rarely get anything like that. The closest thing I can think of was actually regarding the pandemic in the months before it happened. Uh, I just kept telling my family, you know, I think the world is going to go through a big change right now. I think it's going to affect everybody. I don't know what this is, but I, every single person on this planet is going to be affected by it. And I feel like it's coming. And um, I know that we'll be okay as individuals but i'm a little worried and uh that would have been around january of, of 2020 so i even went so far as to tell my managers that i i didn't want to work um and i wanted to actually take a break until around march of 2020 and i had this meeting with them and they were like well why and i'm like i don't know i just feel like march is going to be really big march of 2020 and i don't know what's coming but i feel it and uh, you know we all know what happened in march of 2020 so. yeah <laughs> Oh man, I can't. I can forget. My birthday's March twelfth. So oh, there you go. Goodness gracious! I planned a big birthday party, and then it kind of just went to shit. As oh, you know, we approach. Make up for it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely won't be able to forget that. What is it like to read someone? Like, what's the process like for you? How do you pick things up? Does it come in the form of like? feeling do you start do you are able to see something or do you just get a sort of mental download of information i think the download is a pretty apt way to put it uh you know a lot of people have misconceptions like it's the sixth sense where you know one sees dead people walking around or standing behind people it certainly isn't that clear cut and so really if anything i've just kind of refined this kind of mental process which is really akin to like uh kind of conscious active daydreaming and so I just kind of let my mind wander. And as it does, I will just kind of get these very subtle impressions. Sometimes they're mental images. Sometimes they're kind of physical sensations that might correspond with how somebody died. Um, but it really varies. And I kind of always say that my sixth sense uses the other five senses to communicate the message. So I kind of liken it to being a bit of like a blank canvas. And whoever's coming through just kind of paints the picture through my body, through my mind, to kind of convey what they want the person to know. Um, and there is a level of interpretation there. I certainly am not always 100%, but for me, a good reading is constituted uh, as having about 80% accuracy, or at least 80% can be immediately validated. Wow. that's so, It's interesting to hear how you receive, you know, how it is on your end in terms of yeah. receiving the information. 
it's a lot and I never know really what's going to happen. It's, it's kind of nerve wracking and uh, anxiety has been a big thing I've struggled with just because I am kind of my job, but then simultaneously I have really no control over what I get or equally don't get. So it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I could imagine, especially now that you're so well known. <laughs> It, oh, yeah. you know, the, when you set the bar high, you know, people expect to hit that bar every time. So it's um, a blessing, but it's also a big responsibility for sure. Well, you've given me a lot of good stuff to work with. I'm not trying to ambush you, but are you, are you able to pick up anything on the spot for me? I've always been curious about getting read. Oh, you know, I would love to read you. I, absolutely. It just typically takes about an hour to really kind of start connecting. And I call it winding up where I kind of scribble. In fact, even before live shows, I'll scribble for about an hour and just kind of get into that mental state. But if you'd like a reading, I'd be happy to set it up and, and do it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that would be very interesting. And then if you don't no. mind, I'd love to like write about it too. Yeah, absolutely. I've done it before and, and we can totally figure that out. And yeah, I'd be happy to. And if, oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll get you at the top of the list and um, feel free to, to reach out anytime. Oh, thanks so much. You know, I would appreciate that. Oh, you've been wonderful. And I'm so glad oh. you remember when we met at the Bergen Pack. Um, of course, of course. That was, was so cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. She, she's like obsessed with you. She watches the show religiously. So oh, send her my love. And I hope to see her again as well. Oh, thank you. Cool. Well, if you need anything, I'm here. Never feel, never, uh, always feel free to, to reach out and never hesitate. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Of course. All right. Well, hope you have a good rest of your day. You too. I'm looking forward to the show. Oh, thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Make sure to pick up the latest issue of Out in Jersey Magazine to read Will Love's monthly music memo. Find out the hottest albums available on shelves and streaming platforms now. Pour in a little rosé as we cheers... Ooh. To Tyler Henry. Some good stuff. I love place. how he, I'd like to think at least, that I made a memorable impression because he started off the interview saying how he remembers me, remembers my mom, and he remembered when I interviewed him. Well, when you do your birthday, right? Invite him. Well. <laughs> and then he ended the interview telling me to like how to set up a direct reading with him. I may record the reading for a future episode. That would be awesome. Wouldn't that be fucking good? Yeah. Now, right. I'm sure you'd have to do some of that editing fucking work, bleeping <laughs> a fucking lot of names out. You know what? You know, hopefully I can't talk my about life people's will, certain ho names. Hopefully my life will balance out by then. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually get to it. But while we're waiting for that. I love him. I mean, he really, that's so funny. He liked my mom. Of course he likes my mom. Your mom was so cute. Your mom is the best. <laughs> But I, I'm so I, I I visit you sometimes just to get like stories. Uh, like, just catch me up about your mom, how's your mom, and everything. She's doing good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like this is weird. No, I love my mom. I'm very. I'm actually really close with my parents. We just bicker over dumb shit nowadays. It happens. Uh, yeah, but I was so happy um, to take her with me to Tyler because well, back during that period of my life, well, 2017, 2018, 2019. A lot of the friends were just leeches. So a lot of people that I took to things like Elton John, Billy Joel, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, just used me and then dicked me over. So that's why I was happy I took my mom with me to Tyler Henry. Because she's my mama. And my mom's a huge fan of Tyler Henry. She always like was. She watches the show. She watched the show more than I did, to be honest. So I'm not that big of a TV person. But yeah, no. So she was so happy to meet him. And it probably felt like her son. Like another like young skinny date gay dude so maybe that's why they liked each other 
<laughs> it's like I see a lot of my son inside of you. Um, and I, you know all the fucking occult shit I grew up and I'm into, so mm-hmm. that factor. Yeah, he reminded me of her. Maybe it's just he's sweeter. Oh, what? He's sweeter. I'm a little bit than more... your mom. Oh, no, than, than you. me. <laughs> that I get. Okay. So while you're waiting on his assistant to uh, pencil you in, what are you gonna do? You got to get your readings in. Well, shout out to April Bassett, the psychic housewife of New Jersey, my close friend and my um, psychic, my on-call psychic. <laughs> but she's fucking right with everything. I've told you shit, like even shit where where she's like, oh, this is going to happen X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh, no, you're picking up on what just happened or, or oh, no, you're picking up on the recent past. No, it'll happen. Or if she says something good's going to happen and it's like, yeah, no, I I don't believe that. I don't want to get my hopes up. It happens. Mm. So whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, like, she's accurate. Anything you want to share from your recent reading? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know who's going to fucking be listening to this. So True. she picked up my brother so well. I'd never even talk about, like, my brother, but she picked up on, like, him and where he was living and his partner and... All stuff like that. And I never even brought him up. She randomly starts asking about all these questions about my brother. I'm like, what the fuck? But like, yeah, like she, she was right about all of that. Oh, God. I was listening to the the April episode and I was listening with my boyfriend. Yeah. Who she started, like she picked up on him, right? Yeah. And during that episode. So um, listening back to it and having him sit right there, it was just like, oh, crap like she's right about well, so many things yeah, well, like she's she, like he's like a he's like an alpha male and he's like a man and i'm looking at him and i'm like he is an alpha male like he just yeah she was that, right like, about energy. him and he you yeah. know you guys are oh, together yeah, you, and even tighter yeah yeah so she was so on point with that yeah so it's amazing just kind of listening back and, and, and she realizing. was right with the uh yeah the surgery and you were having some food sensitivity at the time and she yeah. was right about that it wasn't anything big and you know no. yeah it's all good pretty much We'll see. <laughs> she was right about how I needed to. I was going to come to a realization and I needed to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who sh- she People. was talking about. Well, yeah, that too. But like the guy. Mm-hmm. Remember when she was like, you're going to go down the shore and you're going to in that episode. She's like, you're going to go down the shore. You're going to have a talk. You're going to be like, I need to know. Sort of like where we're going in here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he doesn't want to detach, but it's just not going to work out. Um, I actually found out, I guess we could talk about this even more. Yikes. I feel like this is definitely going to come up when we interview April again. One of the things she did say when I just, you're talking about when I recently got read by her a few months ago about like new things coming into my life and that it's good that I emotionally detached from the guy that she referenced in the last interview with her because he can't make up his mind. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh, you're probably thinking, like, what do you mean by can't make up his mind? So this was a guy, like, I was involved with 10 years ago. And then we reconnected during the pandemic. And he had told me that he was in an open relationship that he was going to end. And he was even going to buy our second property because he was looking to get out of that. So he kind of lured me in. And, of course, I'm not a cheater. That's the one thing I pride myself on is I'm not a cheater. Well, you can't be a cheater <clears throat> if you're not in a relationship. <laughs> well, no, like even in relationships, I don't cheat. And like, you know, I'm, I don't really like condone it. But anyway, so he was like, oh, we're in an open relationship. Get this. We're in an open relationship and I'm going to leave it. And he, now he did end up buying the second property. 
Mm -hmm. But then the guy moved in. He waited. So this all started up in the summer of 2020. He waited until the spring 2021. What, like nine months later to say, oh, yeah, his partner can't know. This needs to stay between us. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so basically they were never open. Yeah. Lie. And I feel like that <sighs> I was set up and hoodwinked into sort of like being a cheater. That's what I mean. Like, that's the one thing I pride myself like. Not but the you're, one. you're not. You, this is what I meant to say. You're not the cheater because you were single. You, you see, like you weren't in a relationship to cheat on. Yeah. You know, you, you I get that part, but it just makes yeah. me feel shit. It makes me feel dirty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but no, I, I feel like it's all karma. Like, you're not a homewrecker is what you're trying. to Yeah, say. exactly. And I just feel like but he put me in the position to be one. Exactly. You know, you don't He lied to you. Yeah. He said that he was open and he was going to relieve leave this relationship. And I started believing it when he bought that house, the second house in the fall. But then in the beginning of 2021, when the partner moved in i was kind of like wait what and then a couple months later he gives me the the spiel so we and I, it made so much sense because i'm like why would we communicate more on apps than we do via text isn't it crazy how how much it all makes sense after, after the when facts. you start yeah i'm like <laughs> why would we commute why are and then all of a sudden it all started to click it's like that's why that's why it takes forever to respond via text but he'll write back right away on the apps and you know what he did on snapchat so we had our set to 24 hour views so like where the the snaps and disappear disappear yeah for 24 hours right after he told me that he changed it to instantly delete oh. instead of saving for 24 hours he's a sneaky fuck but he's very smooth he was always very smooth and suave he's not even my type per se but that's why i sort of he was kind of cute no he is cute no he's cute but there's like you could there could be two different cute guys and it doesn't mean they're both your type you know so he wasn't always necessarily like my go-to type, but he just had this charisma about him. And that's what made me fall the first time and sort of lured me in this time. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I I get it. I know exactly. Because, right, baby mama drama? Remember that story? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. He was like not my type. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was a person who it was like, wait, but you're like involved. And it's first of all, so they, reach, they reach out to us. Yes. It, they initiate. Yeah. And we sit there and we're like, wait, are you flirting with me? Like, am I reading into this? And, and then they go, say. We don't want to go far because we're the ones who are single and they're in like, a, what do you call it? They're in a relationship, whatever. They're in so, they're in whatever they tell us. Yeah, they're in what complex, they tell whatever us. Whatever the fuck it's called. They, they, they present it to be a certain way. So what happens? So it starts off with like, wait, is he flirting with me? I don't know. And then you kind of like drop a little hint to see like, what are your intentions? And then they say, oh, well, I'm living with them, but I don't love them. Or we live in separate rooms or yeah, we're in an yeah, open rooms, relationship. I, I yeah. Right. And so then what happens? We believe that we caught feelings all the while. We're like, I'm not really attracted to this dude. Like, I'm not really into this dude. This dude isn't really my type. Yeah. Right. But there's something about them that draws us to them. You know, maybe it's our own like loneliness that it's just like nice to have attention well, is, after yeah. so long. Honestly, it was. And they the, prey it, on it that. It is the loneliness. They see that and they prey on it. Or I don't want to justify them because we we were victimized in these situations. But that's true. Yeah. But maybe for them, it's also like they they want to change or they're bored or you know they see something in us that they like and so they want both and they're greedy bastards. But at the end of the day, the truth always comes out. And at the end of the day. We get to walk away. We have That's no true. Drama. Yes. I, I can't wait till we have April on and we could dive deep on this stuff. Because yeah, that'll be great. I'll be more comfortable to say more that I'm not now, but. That'll be great. She called it. Yeah. So, no, we did nothing wrong because it was painted to seem like 
there was no relationship but on those just, ends. Just, it, we I just should have like just. I just feel like that's manipulative. Exactly. It's like you know I'm not like that, and like, and I really believed it because he bought the second property. But then I was perplexed when the partner moved in. I'm like, I thought you were breaking up, and then it's like, uh oh, I have to sneeze. See, that means it's true. We're keeping that in. <laughs> okay. So in my rule of life, the sneeze means that. When someone's talking and someone sneezes, that means what they're saying is true. Wow. So thank you, universe, and God for validating me because <laughs> I may be a fuckhead. I may be a fucking cunt at times, but I do not lie. You don't lie. And, and you ain't no home wrecker. No, but that was so fucked up. It's like, you came back into my life after 10 years. You wait till I start going into this to say that you're in a relationship, but you say you're, you're getting out of it. You do buy a second property, so I really believe you. I mean, yeah. a fucking... A few hundred thousand dollars it's cost to at least buy another property in this state and then it's like you wait until almost a year let me tell you baby mama drama pretended to to get an apartment really yes staged it like legit try to wow. like have people believe like i am living in a new space in a new apartment and it was like what how insane are you like sent me screenshots of like look at this place this is the place i'm seeing and it's like wow i'm really believing like you're moving away from her you're moving on with your life you're like taking your kids with you and for what thank god i i gave that person nothing like i all i did was give them attention and it's good that you were you as involved as i was with him though no it seems like you're you i gave so that's why you're able to brush but it what, off the thing I is though we like, were friends we before everything yeah we were friends and we had a good friendship well, and i we have too, great memories 10 years ago so i have great memories of yeah. him and i believe that you're you kind of pick up things from the people that you know over your life and you yeah. take things with you. And so I took great memories from our friendship. And then you fast forward all these years and I'm going through a really shitty time, you know, getting out of my 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 relationship, you know, and just like entering well, singleness, like, yeah. right? So all of a sudden this person's like, ha yeah, having a conversation with me and I'm just like, wow, it's so good to hear from this guy. Like I genuinely appreciated yes. him as a friend. Well, that's how it all started. We had started speaking the very again the very beginning of 2020, but then you know the pandemic started and we were in our house for a couple months, and then boom, it flew. Mm -hmm. Then when things could open, we were getting hotels together and you no, know, see, I, I never went that far. Doing our thing, spending time. It's just it you know, and I really believe that. Okay, maybe he was gonna, he's going to leave this guy become something and it's you just had like hopes. Yeah. yeah you do and i maybe i shouldn't have gotten emotionally invested but i was led on to be emotionally invested you're better without him <sighs> and he's stuck in his drama yeah you can have that. <laughs> we could cheers to that yeah cheers